Welcome to Wellversed, where we bring biblical principles of governance to governmental leaders and you. This is the Wellversed podcast. We are talking today with Sarah Saicedo from Colombia, South America. And I've asked her to give us a report and update what's happening in Colombia. And to do that, she's going to probably take us back and give us the wider context historically in Colombia. And then I want you to hear what's uh, what's happening there in that country right now. Sarah, thank you so much for being on with us. I'll turn it to you. Well, thank you, Dr. Jim and, and your wife for this uh, wonderful invitation. And yes, I would like to give you some context about Colombia, what's happening. As you well know, Colombia has a history of violence and conflict between the state forces, but also narco guerrilla, guerrilla groups. But right now we have like a even worse situation because we have a, a guy who previously was a guerrilla leader. Right now he's our president. His name is Gustavo Petro. And one of the worst things that has happened to us right now is that um, he's trying to pass numerous bills um, that will favor uh, arm, armed uh, illegal uh, groups, you know, the guerrilla groups, but also progressivism uh, bills that have to do with abortion, but also gender ideology, uh, favoring even more these uh, guerrilla groups. Um, but also he's trying to legalize uh, drugs, you know, marijuana, recreational use. So this has brought us, you know, to a point in which we have uh, extreme violence in the territory. Um, People, of course, we don't support him because we know that his power is to completely illegitimate. Um, but the, the question is that we have right now elections. Again, we have elections uh, on October 29. And the thing is that these elections are important because they are regional elections. So right now he has the power in terms of the national power. He's the illegitimate president. Um, but... We, he wants to have like a broader uh, power. He wants to deeper his influence in the country. And now he wants to have like all the majors, the people uh, also in the city councils. And, and we know for sure that he's going to, to do fraud again because he came to power with fraud. He's going to repeat the same. And, and the problem is that right now he's in the power. So he's going to use all the, all the forces, all the powers that he has in the state to even coerce or force people who are like um, public employees, uh, teachers, to vote for him, uh, for his party, which is called um, the Historic Pact, Historic Pact. And he wants to have like everybody, you know, from his party. Problem is that this is increasing violence. Um, these uh, armed illegal groups are forcing people in the regions where he won and he wants to win again. And, and this has increased, uh, of course, uh, social unrest, violence, kidnapping, um, attacking, you know, to infrastructure. The worst part is because he was a guerrilla uh, before, he doesn't support the armed forces, the state legal forces. So he, he practically tells them to be completely hand-tied. They cannot do anything uh, against guerrillas. And and there has been lots of killing, you know, in, in the state legal um, forces. So it's crazy. It's like that your boss is your worst enemy. 
the there have been protests in the street against him correct right we we have um come together in different times uh, the opposition which is uh, from the right we have come in in several times you know pacific protests last time that i was with them because i mean that happens like pretty much every month um there was 60,000 people we were in the in the central um part you know of the city in the it's in front of the palace and in front of the of the um, congress building and uh, it was beautiful because we we were praying first of all like second chronicles 714 was my the way we we prayed i i myself I was the person who prayed but also there were like many you know speeches from the opposition and this helped this really helped and that's the reason why i'm here because i believe in the power of intercession of praying uh that day the congress had to pass a bill regarding marijuana you know like the legal use of marijuana for recreational purposes and and it sunk by miracle um so that it, was like it, a it, great it, day you said it passed or did not pass it sunk oh. it didn't pass because wow. we prayed and we were there and we it was like a strong message to the congress people we were saying like this is colombia we don't support that you know if you do that we we will take that into account because supposedly you were here to defend us and to represent our interest and this is not happening so that was a great um, victory that we had, but also he's trying to bring some reforms that what they do is they try to um, deepen, you know, all the socialism in Colombia, like, for example, taking control of the pensions, um, labor and uh, health system. So we don't want that. We don't want that, but they are really pushing this really hard. And the problem is that they, they, they really want to destroy everything that we have accomplished as a nation. How many people are in the Congress and is the Congress under his control or does the opposition have the majority there? And there's there's more than 250 people in the two chambers. Um, there's like the Senate and the House of Representatives. And, and sadly, uh, they have the majority because they did fraud last year in the elections of 2022. They, what they did is that with the help of illegal groups, they forced people to vote for them. And that happened in the borders of my country, where, where there's like a strong presence of these groups. So they, they also did fraud because from nowhere, like 500 votes came, by 500,000 votes came, and they, they managed to have pretty much majority in the Congress. So they have their own party, which is called Historical Pact, but they also have um, like allies that are in the leftish, you know, in the leftist um, parties, but they have majority. So the name of his party again is this Gustavo Petro. The That's president. his name, yeah. The name of his party is called what? El Pacto Histórico, which is historical pact. And and then which party, uh, do you have just two major parties or do you have uh, lots of parties? We yeah. have several parties. We have lots of parties. But the thing is that they kind of came together into this structure that they called historical pact, which you know that the word pact is really strong. 
So what we also have to do is to break this pact because it's illegitimate. Which party in Colombia is pro-life, uh, pro-marriage, uh, pro-fiscal responsibility, pro-Israel? What is the what's the political party in Colombia that aligns with those biblical principles that is the strongest in in Colombia? Well, I mean, what we try to, to do with, um, we had a Christian party. We have a Christian party, but right that's now what it, it's- That's what it's called? It's called a Christian party? No, it's called um, Colombia Justa Libres, which is Colombia uh, Just and Free. Is the name, you know, in, in English. But right now we are like in an internal crisis. So I wouldn't say that we are representative, you know, group of people uh, politically speaking. So we have another party, which is the Conservative Party, and they defend some of these uh, flags, you know, but also um, a Democratic Center, which is the party of the previous president that we had. I mean, one of the most important presidents that we have, which is called um, Alvaro Uribe Vélez. What would you say is of the approximately 250 members of Congress, the Senate and the House, how many, what percentage of those have conservative, more biblical values? What percentage would you say? I guess I would, I would say less than 30%. I would say something like 20%. <clears throat> okay. So we have quite a long ways to go. How, how strong is the church in Colombia? Is most of Colombia uh, Catholic? And what percentage would be evangelical? Uh, what percentage is indigenous religions? Give, give me some sense of the religious foundation of the country. Well, traditionally, Colombia is Catholic. And, and I have found statistics that say that 70% of the people say that they believe in God. No, well, actually, they, they are like practicing they say like 70%, but 90% of the people say 90, say that they believe in God, you know? But I mean, if we know how that goes, right? <laughs> we know that, what that means. But 30% of the people say that they are evangelical. 30 of that people, you know? What's the problem? And, and I guess we, we have this problem everywhere. I mean, you can be... Uh, Perhaps you recognize as Jesus as your personal savior, but but you have not, you know, grown deeper into your relationship, you know, with God, or you don't understand the biblical worldview. And because you don't, you don't vote well, and you are not really um, interested in what's going on in the society. So that's what happens in Colombia. I mean, the churches are like packed. You know, we even have like mega churches. We have churches that are like 65,000 members, 100,000 members, but we don't see the transformation because we, we haven't gone into the, into the biblical worldview. And that's what we're trying to do with discipleship. But, but it's, it's like a question of generations and it's going slowly. You are listening in case you joined us late <clears throat> to Sarah Saicedo from Colombia, and Sarah, I gotta hand it to you, your discernment, the last few sentences you've said, <clears throat> there's many people who say Jesus is their savior, but they don't have a biblical worldview. We have churches that are packed, 
you know, mega churches up to 100,000 people, but it's not resulting in actual transformation or application. You are extremely insightful. That is precisely the problem almost every country, including my own country. Uh, that being the case, let them know a little bit about who you are. Take one minute to tell who you are, because how, how, how are you this discerning? You see what many <laughs> others do not see. Tell me the story of Sarah. Who is Sarah in one minute? Give me your life story. <laughs> well, I'm a Lord's servant, first of all, wife and mother, a university professor, but basically in project management. So it doesn't have to do with anything that is the, the worldview, but of course we apply that everywhere. Business consultant from the big firms, uh, but also an activist who defends life, freedom, and biblical values and, and the design of the Bible in our society. A passionate speaker on biblical worldview applied to current topics such as abortion, progressivism, the role of government, solution to poverty, and so on and so forth. Basically, that's what I, what I do. University professor in what uh, area? What's your project management? Right, okay. And what university you teach at? A Universidad Externado de Colombia. That is like a big university. Universidad Externado de Colombia. Mm -hmm. Very good. What else should I have asked about Colombia that I didn't in this brief time we had together? The roots. The roots of everything. You know, what are the roots? Because, I mean, Colombia has a history of violence and conflict, right? Uh, but where does that come from? It comes from, from being, I mean, we have lots of orphans with living parents. Colombia has one of the highest rates of children who are born outside outside in marriage. So we have 84% of the children who are born in Colombia do not have a father and mother who are married. So we have... 84%? 84. That may, that may be one of the highest of any nations of, a, of the... You Europe. are absolutely right. So what happens? I mean, basically, it's a nation of single mothers, and uh, the role of the father is basically destroyed. So it's, there's many children who don't don't even know the name of their father, who would never get a greeting, you know, for their birthday from his father, from their father, or in Christmas. So you can imagine the roots of the problem, you know. So that comes from there. And also in 2006, Colombia decided to approve abortion. Um, it was not the Congress, it was the Constitutional Court. So it was again, deceitful because like six people uh, were taking decisions for the whole country. Colombia typically is pro-life, but these guys are not. They come from the progressivism. So we, we have this route which is a route that causes bitterness, that causes violence, that causes like social unrest. And these guys from the progressivism, they come, you know, and also socialism, they come with this speech, this speech of someone has to do something for you. The state is your father. He will take care, take care of you. And, and the rich people are evil people. And that's the speech of socialism. So that was the route. You are remarkable. I'm going to ask you right now as we close this off to pray, start by praying for Columbia and then others are going to, we're going to be praying later. 
for for your precious country. Would you pray for Colombia right now? Okay, okay. Well, most high, dear Lord, I ask you to bring your your healing to my to my land, to Colombia. I ask you to bring your spirit and a great awakening to our country and cities. I ask you to bring repentance from the abortion, you know, sin, but also the child abandonment and the witchcraft that they have applied to our territory, to our land. Please forgive us. Lord, I ask you to please bring family restoration, you know, between sons and daughters and parents. I ask you for that, you know. Lord, I ask you to please frustrate the plans of the evildoers, that they get caught in their own schemes, into the trap they have set for others, that the wicked fall into their own nets. I ask you, Lord, just rulers in the local governments and city councils. And I, I ask you as well to bring us free from the evil ruler that we have right now and all his political peers. But above all, sir, Lord, I ask you to bring repentance, forgiveness into the families, you know, so that we can reach a real and prosperous peace that you the only one who can really bring us to our land. In Jesus' name, amen. And Lord, I pray for Columbia. For some reason, Lord, you put in my heart when I was a ninth grader a deep love for Latin America. I've never escaped that drawing of my heart to Latin America, Lord, that you put there. So I grieve when I hear what I just heard from my friend Sarah. <clears throat> we ask, we know you're weeping over Columbia. So are we. I ask you to encourage my friend Sarah and all the people like her who are walking in godliness and righteousness and attempting to see holiness and biblical justice and truth reestablished on this country. We encourage her and all the others like her. And may we see an uprising of good and righteousness. Mm -hmm. And may evildoers be put out of commission, unable to do what they have been doing to this precious country. You love Colombia, and so do we, Lord. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. <laughs> well, thank you, Dr. Jim. Thank you for your interest, you know, and your love for Latin America. Uh, for us, this is really meaningful. And I, I really thank you for your invitation to your program. It was our honor, our honor to have you on. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Please read the show notes for additional details if you would like a copy of the book or resources mentioned. Remember that WellVersed is a 501c3 tax-deductible nonprofit organization. We rely on your support and partnership. Don't forget to hit subscribe to keep up to date with our latest episodes. Leave us a five-star review and tell your friends to subscribe too. Thank you for listening to the WellVersed podcast. For more information, please go to www.wellversedworld.org.